15 to 20% of everyone's time, not just the recruiting team, everyone's time invested in recruiting. And I think that's first and foremost the commitment you need to make if you really truly want to believe into finding the best time. But then also, I think the other piece around recruiting is taking the pain of an open position that you urgently need. Everyone knows that as soon as we have a position open, we, we want to fill it as, as soon as possible because it's already probably urgent 12 months ago and we just haven't realized it. But really being able to avoid that kind of urgency bias, as I would call it, um, and continue to, if the, you don't find the right uh, candidate, continue to push and wait until you found that. I think that would be probably one of the key learnings I would, I would give to folks. Hey everyone, welcome back to the SaaS Revolution Show brought to you by SaaStock, the conference that helps SaaS companies get traction, growth and scale. I'm your host, Alex Thuma, and I'll be looking at what it really takes to build and grow a SaaS company today and how founders and entrepreneurs stay healthy on the journey. Now on with the show. Welcome to the SaaS Revolution Show. I'm your host, Alex Thuma. We are live here at SaaStock 2022. Great to be back in Dublin. Uh, we've got a live audience uh, and also we're, we're recording the, the podcast for our, our subscribers and, and listeners. I'm delighted to be joined uh, today by Hanno Renner, who is the CEO uh, and one of the co-founders of Personio. Uh, let's welcome Hanno uh, to the stage. Welcome, Hanno. Thanks, Alex. Great to be back on the show, but also back here at Sastok. Yeah, you know, it's, uh, I mean, it's amazing to be back. It's great to see you as well and like in person. I think well, it's probably since 2019 that we last saw each other in person at the last SASDOC and uh, so again one of the uh, the benefits or the wonders of having a conference is, is reconnecting with friends with people you know the, the, the relevant community and uh, we're just uh, so thankful to be able to do that again so it's great to be back so Hanno like had you on the podcast a couple of times uh, uh, you're a, uh, I, I guess a big favorite uh, you know at SASDOC uh, now we're we're doing this episode you know I always ask who is the guest right uh, and Maybe some of the people don't really know you, so we do want to kind of know who you are, but also who is like Hannah Renner 2022 version. So, uh, yeah, tell us. Yeah, so uh, name's Hanno, co-founder and CEO at Sonio. We are an HR platform for SMEs and um, essentially digitizing the entire employee lifecycle from recruiting, managing, um, and, and developing employees. And uh, we've been starting the company um, at a similar time when you started SaaS 2016. Uh, and, and grown, uh, grown things uh, all across Europe, uh, including seven offices across the continent. I'm just coming from our Dublin office uh, straight to here. And uh, the 2022 version uh, of Hanarena, I think, well, as a founder, you always grow with the company, you always try to adapt with, with the, the needs of the company. And I think uh, that that's what's, what's been shaping me over the last couple of years. And that's where I try to continue to adapt uh, for, for all the challenges well, I'm sure we'll be talking about in the next couple of minutes as well that are facing us in 2022. You, you've been to uh, all the SaaS docs. Uh, I, I, I think as we um, just had a quick chat about there, we, we met uh, at B2B Rocks initially, uh, and then the first SaaS doc was, uh, I don't know, several months after that, uh, and that was in 2016. Can you give the audience uh, an understanding of like how big Personio was in 2016 when we met, uh, and then that growth trajectory to, to you know, where you are now, what the company looks like now? Yeah. So I think when we met in 2016, it was either right before or right after closing our seed round. I can't fully remember, but summer 2016, we closed our seed round. So we were bootstrapped for around one year, growing the business um, to 
uh, around I think 30k of MRR today that would be a Series B probably at that time it was just about when we raised the seed, seed round we were around five people on the team uh, yeah, growing profitably uh, at the time but then decided that we wanted to accelerate and had just uh, raised the two million seed round um, with which we then uh, continued to invest into the product and uh, into expansion for further customers. Cool. Uh, and so today, oh, I mean, like last year, we, we did SaaS stock uh, EMEA online, and I think you spoke of that. You just raised a, was it Series E or Series F? Is it E? E, yeah. E. Uh, and there was a valuation of 7.7 .7 billion, something like uh, that I think at the time? Eight, eight point, like, the la like last year was 6.5, and I think this year, uh, 8.4, 8.3. 8.4, 8.3 billion. So, uh, and then, so give the audience a picture. I think when we did first meet, you, uh, Sonia was for a four-person company. I think it was you and the four co-founders. Yeah. Sastock was like a three-person company, uh, and you've grown a little bit faster than us. Uh, <laughs> but you know, it's fine. It's fine. <laughs> um, if, you, if you count attendees with as employees, uh, then then we're kind of in, a similar in, scale. Exactly. But let's not talk about revenue either. Uh, <laughs> um, all right, what about uh, just a, a couple of key lessons then that you've learned, let's say, you know, from 2016 to now in terms of like growing and scaling Personio that you can share? Yeah, so I think the key lessons, I mean, we as an HR platform strongly believe that people are the most important success factor of every company. That's why we support our customers in any uh, faith um, of their journey with our platform, but also internally, of course, have a very high focus on finding right people, developing those people, and really building a strong culture. And I think really on that, that, that core learning that would probably be the easiest and the most transferable to everyone here listening to this podcast is focusing on recruiting the best talent. I think it's, it's very easy, everyone says that, but what that really means is that you need to have the commitment to spend a lot of time across the business, including yourself as a, uh, as a founder. I spend around 20% of my time recruiting across the business. We once made a made kind of an analysis and also 15 to 20% of everyone's time, not just the recruiting team, but everyone's time invested in recruiting. And I think that's first and foremost the commitment you need to make if you really truly want to believe into finding the best time. But then also, I think the other piece around recruiting is taking the pain of an open position that you urgently need. Everyone knows it. As soon as we have a position open, we, we want to fill it as soon as possible because already probably urgent 12 months ago and we just haven't realized it. But really being able to avoid that kind of urgency bias, as I would call it, um, and continue to, if the, you don't find the right uh, candidate, continue to push and wait until you found that. I think that would be probably one of the key learnings I would, I would give to folks. So 2022, apart from being a great moment, let's say, because we're, we're back here, but actually, it, it's been a, a, a funny year, right? I mean, in a, in a bad way, right? We've got the Ukraine war, uh, you know, I mean, the, the, the end of the pandemic, or, you know, still sort of like looming, recession, uh, you know, uh, as well. Um, and we know that kind of like in May, uh, there was like VC memos to a lot of their hyper growth companies that were not yet profitable. And, you know, in turn, like guys, we need to make changes and it's not about growth at all costs anymore. And if you're not profitable, you know, we need to kind of make some changes. So whether we're in a recession or whether it's kind of looming, what is the viewpoint, you know, that you see and, and the strategies that you're kind of implementing to help Personio win, you, you know, over the next kind of 12 months and the foreseeing kind of headwinds that we're facing? Yeah. So I think in the, the first half of this year since, since kind of even before the war in Ukraine, but accelerated by that, 
we've mainly of course seen um, a slump in, 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 in public markets and that has trickled down to the private markets in terms of investing. That in, in itself is, is not yet really impacting the economy by itself, but it's just uh, uh, that there's, there's different valuations being paid and, and some of that. And I think that's, that's mainly relevant, of course, if you currently want to raise around and, and, um, and so on. We're luckily with hundreds of millions in the bank account, we've, we've raised enough capital that we can um, not just continue to grow for many years, but also become profitable within that. So, so we're very independent from, from that part of just the financial markets, which I, I, I acknowledge uh, many founders that are currently looking to raise or require capital have a little bit of a different viewpoint on. But that's something which uh, for me is, is much less important. So we really have the capital to continue to invest in our customers, in our team and so on. I think the part that's more interesting and we're starting to see signs since the, uh, the, the middle of the year and, and kind of, is that piece around the recession in the real economy. So cost of capital getting more uh, expensive, supply chains still being clogged, energy uh, crisis going up, um, the, the, the inflation overall, all of these factors of course like looming and with many of them we don't know exactly how they pan out but they definitely kind of impact consumer behavior. Um, and um, with consumer behavior, I'm specifically also talking about bias behavior of software in companies. Um, so what does this mean? Um, I think it, it means that that company that there's a much higher scrutiny around RI um, in making decisions when, when people buy new software, there's much more involvement of more people, many more hoops that decision makers in companies need to jump through to be able to be allowed to buy new software and, and uh, or even just keep renewing existing stuff. Um, and then I think it comes down to what does your customer do for uh, your software do for your customers in the current and how does it relate to the current environment where things like efficiencies, uh, cost saving and so on get much more important than maybe other things in the, in the previous years. Uh, for us, we're lucky in a place that Zonio not just is a fundamental part of the infrastructure of our customers with, with kind of all the payroll and all the other important things they continue to need to do. Um, where we have very little worry about churn in the existing customer base. Um, additionally, we also continue to see Pisonio drive efficiencies for customers in many ways of how they create documents, uh, how they run their time off um, processes and many other people-related processes if they anyway need to do in a more efficient way. So that also plays into the, the rain. So, um, of course, a lot of the playbook for us is continue to emphasize this message, make our customers clear how much ROI they're actually getting in the short term from implementing Pisonio. And, um, and hence we're seeing continued demand uh, from existing and new customers in our software, but also of course being cautious about some of the sales targets taking longer, some of the, the way we need to sell to customers uh, is a little bit different. And I think these are some sort of more tactical adaptions we need to be taking to make sure that um, first and foremost, we, we kind of continue to support our customers, build the right solution for them, but also continue to, to grow significantly as a business, even in that phase. Moving on to the, the quickest shot fire round, uh, what would you say is the hardest thing about being a SaaS CEO? The hardest thing about being a, a, a SaaS CEO, so I think, I think first and foremost as a, as a CEO of any kind of business, um, there's always the thing that you, you don't really have any, any peers in a business. You have your investors you can work with and then you have your, your executive team, but, but you're like ultimately a lot of, like especially in these difficult times where sometimes isn't being made, like you consult with a lot of people, but ultimately uh, you need to make the uh, the call, and that's that's not always easy, especially in an environment of uncertainty. I think that's a challenge, uh, not very specific to SaaS, but definitely to being a CEO. What about the best advice you've ever received? I think one of the best advice I've ever received, uh, 
was from from Lars Dagart, uh, one of our advisors, founder of, uh, of Success Factors, and he once said a very simple but powerful thing by saying, "Never lie to yourself." And it's it sounds like initially like like why would I lie to myself? I'm an honest person to others. Like I'm also not going to lie to myself. I'm, I'm like smart enough to look at things, but it actually is pretty true that a lot of times, just by human nature, you look at at certain data, you look at trends, you're kind of make, making making things, like, oh yeah, this looks good, or you're focusing on this, and you're kind of trying to paint yourself a story about something uh, that maybe isn't, isn't fully true. And I think that that's a really easy thing to do, and I think that's something which is really important to, that you're constantly evaluating. Are we really being true to ourselves? What are we seeing here in, in the data from how customers using our product? Is this new feature we're launching actually getting the, the, um, the results we're hoping for, or are we just continuing to invest behind and talk about it because we really were convinced strategically that's the right thing to do. And so, yeah, never lying to yourself is, is I think, really important. You, you've had a lot of success and hyper growth, but what is the like biggest failure or sort of mistake that you've made and, and lesson learned along the way? Um, so I think one of the, the, the biggest uh, challenges if you're a company like ourselves that started in one market, got, got fairly successful in that market, then, then start to expand in other markets, making sure that you're recognized in the team and in the company that newer markets have different dynamics. And it's sometimes easy to, to think, oh, the, 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 the conversion rates and the, the, the product story and so on that we've seen Germany will just directly translate to, to the next market and, uh, and it automatically will just work. But, but it, similarly, how we need to needed to figure that out early on in, in one market, we need to do the same in a new market. So just continuing to recognize um, and not underestimate that, um, that yeah, every market is different, every customer uh, environment is just different and making sure we adapt to it rather than trying to copy paste what we do in other markets and what made, it, made us successful there. What does your daily routine look like? Uh, daily routine? Uh, so privately try to do a lot of sport usually uh, in the mornings, um, if I can, uh, also do do uh, like a 50-minute meditation in the morning, just kind of uh, being well, while you don't have too much stuff in the mind, calming yourself down. Uh, but then mainly being in the office uh, from 9 a, uh, 9 a.m., checking in with, with my direct team in the CEO office to make sure we get have the right priorities for that week, uh, top of mind. But then of course, working lots with my exec team and, and other people in the business to to understand what's what's going on, how we can be drive most value to customers in any given week. Uh, and now um, at your, I don't know, fifth or sixth Sastock, but I mean, you've been to all of them. What are you looking forward to the most? Uh, and what are you speaking about uh, uh, as well? Um, so I think that the power of conferences generally is the connection with other founders. And uh, while well, I'll probably have some random encounters, I also uh, meet with a couple of, uh, of fellow founders uh, and have meetings lined up for, for later. And then I think, um, I have a, uh, a panel with, with Mikhil later on, one of our board members uh, on, on, the, on stage. I'm not sure exactly what he'll be asking me again, but I think it'll be a lot about the notion of like when scaling from 100 million to a billion AR, what are the things to keep you keep your growth uh, uh, rates up, uh, how do you continue to, to grow the business? Uh, we're now 1,500 people growing that further uh, into the, the multi-thousands uh, effectively and keeping the organization scaled. I think those are a lot of the challenges we'll be looking at you. Very good. Well, looking forward to that. Uh, thanks so much, Hannah Renner, uh, for being a great guest on the SaaS Revolution show today. Uh, and enjoy SaaS 2022. Thank you, Alex.
Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of the SaaS Revolution Show. I hope you enjoyed it. And if you learned something from it, check out sasdoc.com forward slash events to find all the upcoming SaaSdoc conferences around the world. Want exclusive SaaS content and actionable insights to grow your SaaS? Join our community of over 36,000 SaaS founders at sasdoc.com.